2: Welcome to the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author and surprise, Nalini Singh. At Romantic Times in Chicago, Nalini Singh was in our hotel room and so we tied her to a chair and we interviewed her. She's live. She's not on Skype and it was really fun. It's a very casual conversation that we absolutely did not plan. We grabbed the microphone and had a half an hour and we attempted to get really good answers out of her and were totally unsuccessful despite the fact that we threatened her several times. I really like this interview because you get a sense of how Nalini approaches her writing and her series. We talk about her heroines and the things that she likes about traveling to the United States. As always, we have music from Sassy Outwater. This is actually by Sassy Outwater. She's performing. This is Fiddler on the Loose. And I'll have more information after we're done with the interview. And now, on with the podcast. So, starting out with with a compliment that Angie paid your books, mm-hmm. I have a question. Okay, yes. So, Angie has been telling everyone how awesome your books are, which is, like, no great big news to anyone who's <laughs> listening to this podcast. But one of the things that Angie James said that she really liked – hi, Angie. <laughs> she's, she's right here. And she's like, I'm not talking. One of the things that Angie James says that she likes is that you create a conflict that is very intense – And you do not know, as the reader, how the hell the characters are going to resolve Mm. this. But then not only do you resolve it, but you resolve it in a way that is satisfying and obeys the rules of the world. And that's a direct quote from Angie. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. When you are identifying the conflict as you're writing, do you know how you're going to resolve it? Or do you sort of get there and figure it out on your own and then go back and add in all the clues?
3: Um, It it depends on the characters and and the particular book. Some of them I know... From the start, how it's going to be resolved, mm-hmm. and others, it's it's a case of um, writing because it's my writing process. I don't do a big plan. Right, you know, it's all it's all in my head most of the time, and I just write myself into the book. Right, completely. So um, sometimes I have to get to know the characters well enough, you know, um, and the conflict and the resolution of the conflict sort of comes naturally from that knowledge of the characters. Right. Yeah. But uh, I have to admit, I'm a huge um, continuity geek. Like the one thing that will stop me reading a series is if the re- writer breaks the rules. Yes. And so um, for me, because that's an immediate tension killer. Yes. Because if they can do it once, you know, they're going to, they might do it again. So I don't have that trust. Um, so that's why I really, really try to just hold on to the rules of the world. Bless you, James.
2: <laughs> Bless you, James. Um, um, yeah. So do you have a Bible for your series? I do. Um <clears throat> So when Where I Where is th- it located in your house? The next time I <laughs> visit. It's actually
3: a physical thing. I know. I'm like so freaked out it's gonna like go up and smoke. But
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> um is there like a home insurance writing? Yeah, yeah. The Bible for my series needs a special insurance. That's coverage. right. It's,
3: Like with like jillion dollars no um (laughs) i was just saying that um we're actually doing it online now we're going to put the bible online and then everyone can look at it and um you can say no you you're completely wrong that's okay um (laughs) it should be factual because we've we've gone through and pulled out um and it's basically from my notes and um my assistant has gone through and pulled out a lot of information as well but um basically a lot of it is in my head Mm -hmm. like it's in my head and and Usually, I only need to refer to the Bible um, for a really detailed mm-hmm. things, like the overall information is in my head. Right. Um, and what I use a lot, actually, are files of my books, searchable uh-huh. files, And because I, I often know exactly the sentence, even yes. where the information is. You remember is. the words, but yeah. not where it is. where it is. So I just have to put that in. And so, for example, Hawk's book. Yeah. You know, when I did that, I actually had to go through all the previous books, every mention of Hawk. Mm-hmm. I just had to check what everything I had mentioned about him. So
2: all of a sudden, he's not like a redhead. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Can you imagine? And he's Scottish yeah, and wears a yeah, kilt. Yeah. He's,
2: he's yeah. O-Hawk.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you first when I first started a series, I had never written a series before. I didn't even know you needed a Bible. So I wrote Slave to Sensation, and then when I wrote um, Visions of Heat, I was like, Uh-oh. oh, I have to keep going back to Slave to Sensation like every second page because I had to check every tiny, you know, detail. Right. So that's when I actually started doing my Bible from, doing from the second Bible. book. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So since you've been at RT, mm-hmm. I have met several people who have been very excited to meet you. <laughs> have you been squeed over a lot?
3: Yeah, a few times.
2: But, um,
3: <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because I'm a Kiwi, you know, like we don't, we're not that, ah, oh, what's the word? Like, um, Excitable. I don't, you know, we do, we do it quietly. Like if we see someone, <laughs> oh we're like, oh my gosh, it's, so-and-so you know but so it's really nice that people do that oh because obviously like most writers i'm at home most of the time by myself right um so it's really nice to have that interaction and um you know a few people have, have, have kind of tweeted it and stuff and said they were too shy to come up and i'm like Oh, I'm I'm like <laughs> <not> completely non-scary, <laughs> so so feel free. <laughs> yeah. So um no, it's been it's been I've really enjoyed it. You know, it's been really nice.
2: I heard really good things about the panel you were on earlier. Yeah, it was a good panel. What were some of the questions that you liked from that panel? Um, well, there were some mix
3: of questions. There was like the more general questions about the series and stuff, and of course there was an inevitable question mm. about a certain someone. Um, so that was a fun question to to dodge. And um oh well one of the questions that uh, I think the moderator actually asked was uh, talking about the power differential between like um ancient beings like vampires or archangels and like these young heroines that um often get paired up with them. Uh-huh. And then I actually quite enjoyed discussing that. That's because that's one of the things that led me to write the Guild Hunter series in the mm-hmm. first place. Because I was reading these paranormals where... um you know like a really ancient vampire would get together with a mortal and you know her love story and it would be happy ever after but i always wondered you know but how are they going to live together because that's a really big that's, that's a, a big very deal. big
2: power difference yeah.
3: so um so part of the Guild Hunter series is actually exploring that you know it's it's after the happy ever after kind of you know yes. and um because and, and
2: she gets broke a bunch of times. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, gets she broken a bunch of yeah. times.
3: And then it's all about how she survives and how she's um, finding her wings, so to speak, in this new world. Right. And it's also about his development because he is, um, you know, an immortal and, and has all this power and stuff. But I said in the panel, it's almost as if he's become numbed yes. by, by his existence. He doesn't really feel much. And so yes. he's awakening along with her. And right. so it's a really cool
2: dynamic. Yeah, to 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 explore, and that he has to explore his own vulnerabilities yes, because exactly. he cares about somebody else who can therefore hurt him and hurt also him. die or could die. Yeah, at so one point. she
3: is his one weakness. Yes. Basically, she is his one weakness, which is the reason that Dimitri, you know, is so like doesn't like her because yes. she is now a chink in his armor. She's
2: a liability. Yeah, She's she not is. An asset. She
3: is. She is a liability. But um, you know.
2: So when you when you wrote that series, the mm-hmm. second cover, the, yes. the image of the cover was a spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> for the first book. Yeah, yeah. Did that get a lot of discussion? Were you sort of on the fence about uh, whether or not to spoil the whole book on the cover? Yeah, but oh, You could just put words. Yeah. She becomes never mind. Yeah, yeah,
3: I know. So I'm like, don't don't look at the second book cover, people, but I think it was at that point you couldn't really keep it mm-hmm. under in the wraps. You know, as soon as the first book had come out and people were talking about it, everyone knew. Yeah, um, it would It wasn't a spoiler that was difficult to find if you just went on a single book site. Yes, you would understand. You would. What was you going, would. Happening. You would. You would know. So, um, I actually thought it was a gorgeous cover. So I'm. I'm Those know, are some really yeah, beautiful covers. They're beautiful covers. covers. I thought um, the
2: first cover, she looked like Gwen Stefani from No Doubt. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why Gwen Stefani was in your romance novel, but the, since the images, all of them, are very cool. They kind what of glow
4: when
3: Stefani was pretty heroine-like. She is. She's, She's
2: pretty is badass.
3: She is. She would make a good urban fantasy heroine, actually.
4: She would.
2: She would. would. Yes. Yeah. Because she, she does have...
4: low-slung <laughs> hands, pants really well.
2: Does she have an urban fantasy belt? we have to find out.
4: Um, I think if you go back to what, her early days with No Doubt, she um, there was the one song where she was... Um, it was the girl song... I'm just a girl. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's thrashing around. I think she has cargo pants, low slung cargo pants, and a big belt on.
2: She is an urban fantasy heroine, and there she has go. all that emotional vulnerability. Yes. Right.
4: Plus, she got to slag off her ex-lover in her- all of her songs. All of them. All
2: cards. of them. It's like who, who, when when she and when Kelly Clarkson got dumped. The, the musical universe had a big change to do because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a lot of breakup songs.
4: But you know what's so interesting about Gwen's Spice? She's very close with her uh, ex-lover, Tony, who and they've become
3: very good friends. They were
4: on American Idol
3: last week together.
2: There yes, and she writes songs about how you know, we're all cool now.
3: Well, it's the intricacies of, intricacies of emotion, isn't it? I mean, yes. you, can, you can never sort of say someone is one thing um, mm-hmm. because there's all these elements in the relationship, which is, which is why I love romance, you know, because you get all these complex woven relationships yes one person might be one thing to someone and you know dimitri is a perfect example He's he's one thing to to rafael he's another thing to elena he's another thing to honor you know it's like all these facets of a person yes yeah
2: and you also don't see certain side of somebody until they enter a relationship i noticed with my husband's friends when they have become involved with people it's like they're
3: Yes. Very much
2: different personalities. Yes. Like a whole, like a whole third of their personalities revealed, and I'm like, "What? I, yeah. you, you, wow. Okay." And I think you. And then often, when they have kids, forget it.
3: That's it. all gone. Especially if it's a girl.
2: <laughs> I had a daughter, and I know how I thought when I was, "Oh, nobody's coming near my daughter." <laughs>
3: I have a friend, and he's like, "Yeah, if I have a daughter, she's going into a nunnery." And, like, I'm like, and you are telling me this? I mean, you, you know? and yep. He's, he's, he's like. He's a total guy, so I'm like, yeah, complete contradiction, you know.
2: <laughs> so when you're traveling in the U.S., what do you miss from New Zealand? From, we don't have. Well, Aside actually, from... I've,
3: I've actually learned to um, bring the stuff. That I like. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Kiwi
4: survival kit? <laughs> yeah, I
3: have my stuff that I like, my tea that I drink, and um, my crackers that I like. So it's all good, you know. Um, I think I, I've traveled quite a bit now, so I'm I'm quite relaxed about it. I'm quite uh, ready to adapt and and eat and drink kind of whatever's around and and i watched the tv like last time i was here um last year i had a bit of time off after my book tour and i um i got addicted to american
2: reality television oh i'm really sorry
3: (laughs) and i watched (laughs) i watched that coupon show extreme oh no (laughs) we don't have that at home (laughs) i watched like four episodes in a row and i was like
2: oh my gosh i want a coupon not really not
3: like you have here oh here
2: it's like a sport it
3: is it is like we might get like oh you can get like 50 50 cents off if you buy two something Mm -hmm. but that's it you know it's not like you can go to the supermarket and like these ladies they were buying things for zero dollars they are getting money back Yeah. <laughs> so I was like I was, someday I was you come
2: back to the east coast I will take you shopping with my mother-in-law <laughs> and she does the extreme couponing at department stores right like she has the she'll buy something she'll see it on sale she'll bring it back with the receipt get the price difference then buy something else with a 20% off coupon has another coupon on top of that and wow. she will go from section to section and just at the end of the year the department stores owe her money I think like I think she files a return with Macy's and they're just like here have some money we're done
3: that is, I, will, I, mean, I mean, it's crazy. Amazing. I Isn't can't like, do it that. It is really smart. They're really, really smart. I mean, yes. I was actually, I was, I was really fascinated. I was just, I was being funny about it, because so, but I am. So, so one of the things
2: going to happen with the ghost in the future is there will be coupons.
3: <laughs> you know, you you bring it at the twist now. And you, you've, you've given everything away. He's
2: actually a reality couponing star. Oh <laughs> yeah, wow! Yeah. I can't Some, wait to trumpet The exclusive mm-hmm. on this podcast. That's right. That's
3: right. That's right. No, so you know, when I travel, you know, I try everything out. Actually, you know, in New Zealand right now, Marmageddon is going on. Have you heard about Marmageddon? So Marmite is this, um, it's a spread. Yes, that, Marmite, I know. You, you it's know, like Vegemite. Know? Vegemite. So Marmite, the Marmite factory was in Christchurch, um, which had the
2: earthquake. Right.
3: Which shut down the factory.
2: Um, There's a Marmite shortage? There is
3: a Marmite shortage. Oh my gosh. Um, so, um, but I actually, I feel, um, I feel like I'm not a real Kiwi for saying this, but I'm not a big Marmite fan. So, you know, I'm a Nutella girl. Yeah. Um. So I'm okay, but you know my friends. You know, are like, gosh, the Marmite's gonna run out, and it's people have been selling it on TradeMe, which is like our eBay. Right. Um. So um, they recently had a.
2: There's Marmite hoarding.
3: Yes, there is Marmite hoarding, and they recently somebody found a 25 kg bucket of Marmite that they had bought for like some event. Yeah. Um, and they decided to, to sell it off for charity, and it went for something like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, um, a $1,000 $1, worth there of Marmite. Marmite, baby. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, when they travel, they actually take Marmite.
2: They take Marmite mm, they with take them. They take Marmite. It's like adopting a sports team as an adult. You can't adopt Marmite as an adult, really. It just doesn't work.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. I think as a child, you have to you have to grow up eating it. Like, at school, you know, people had Marmite and chip sandwiches. I, I think you, do you call them potato chips or crisps? Yeah, yeah potato Cri- chips. chips. Crisps. Yeah, so Marmite and crisps. You put
2: Marmite between two potato chips and eat it?
3: No, no, no. And then uh, bread. Bread, Marmite.
2: Potato, potato chips, chips and
3: bread. Marmite and bread. And then... No, I'm sorry. That
2: sounds very American. <laughs> but what... That sounds like something we would eat. That, that, is, that, is, that
3: is a staple, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Marmite and potato chips. Yeah. So when you release your celebrity cookbook. That's right. There'll be Marmite and chips
3: and bread <laughs> and Nutella. <Quite> possibly, yeah. <laughs> There might be Nutella
2: sandwiches. I went to a,
3: um, a tea party at a, at a friend's the other day and I took fairy, fairy bread. Do you have fairy bread? It's um fairy bread? Fairy bread. You know, fairies with wings? Mm. No, it's um it's bread with butter and then hundreds and thousands sprinkled on what top of hundreds it. And hundreds and thousands? It's it's what you put on cakes, you know, the little Oh, dots. the little
2: um like sprinkles, sprinkles. or jimmies. Yeah,
3: yeah. So you
2: take <laughs> sprinkles yeah on top of Nutella?
3: No, no, not Nutella. No. It's just plain buttered bread with with sprinkles on it. It's very nice. You should try it. And then you cut it up into little shapes.
2: Seriously, You're, next time we—next time we were together, I'm bringing you a video camera. We are need some bread and some sprinkles, and we're gonna do your cooking show. I tell you, this. oh my god, it's gonna be the best junk food ever.
3: Fairy bread is like for five-year-olds, but um, everybody likes fairy bread. Honestly, that's you, you, awesome. Then you cut it out in shapes. With, like, little, little cookie cutters. Cookie
2: cutters, yeah. Okay. I, I seriously think that the Nellini Kissing cookbook is going to be quite a thing. You know, Debbie Mike can just move it on over. We're going to have fairy bread, Nutella, and oh. potato chip sandwiches here. And all the groceries have to be about with. Yeah, and all of your groceries with on, on Nalini's coupon, world, they have to have coupons. Well, actually, you know what we'll do? We'll print coupons in the back of the book. That's right. Good for thousands, hundreds and thousands of Nutella and Marmite yeah. and bread.
3: It's funny, actually, what, with the language thing, I occasionally have that where I don't know the, the right... The American uh, term. The American term. And, and um, most recently, my agent had to say, we don't say candy floss. Do you know what candy
2: floss is? Yeah, it's uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy, yeah. Right. So I was like, oh, But that's not so far off. <laughs> candy floss, I know what that is. I, yeah.
4: I think candy floss could refer to some undergarments. <laughs> 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 that's just... Angie's
3: nodding in the agreement. Yes. Well, that's just a dirty mind. No, it's, it's it is it is it is yeah it is it is see
2: there you go candy floss <laughs> now the next time i read an erotic romance with edible undergarments i'm going to picture him flossing his teeth with her g-string it's just not going to be very hot <laughs> okay so what right now i'm sorry
4: that you guys are culturally
2: illiterate yes we really are culturally illiterate. that we, we don't understand what candy floss is meant for. <laughs> So, what are you reading right now that you're really enjoying?
3: What am I reading right now? So, um, I've been saying I've been in a historical phase for yes. like. A, I turned in my last book, and then um. I, Your I, last I,
2: book, the last one ever? No, oh, my my say. most recent last book, which say. is uh, Archangel
3: Storm. And um, I quite often will read something completely different from what I write. At, I think because I'm so close to a book, and of then course. so straight after I finish, I usually read something completely different. And so I've been reading historicals. Right. So I've read Tessa Dares, A Week to be Wicked, and I I thought that was wonderful. Just
2: finished that on the plane over. I really, really liked it.
3: Really liked it. And um,
2: And everyone I've mentioned it to here goes, I loved it. Oh, oh my God, it's so good. Like, it's a gasping book. (laughs) Yes,
3: it's that good. And and then I read um, Caroline Linden. Um, a Rake's Guide to, to Seduction, I think,
2: yeah. But the Rakes r- always have guide to something. Oh, There's a bunch of it's, Rake's guides. But the guides. thing is,
3: the interesting thing about this book is it's a Rake book, but it's a different kind of Rake book, because it's like, he has this reputation,
2: so but... So he's a hoe.
3: No. <laughs> I mean, he's got this reputation, right? He has, actually, but right. it's, part of it is not deserved, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's an it's inflated like rumor. A go- it's like a gossip thing that's, you know, right. happened, and it's affecting his life, because he wants to court this woman, and...
2: His reputation, His reputation is, precedes is, him.
3: precedes him. And so that's been really interesting. And um, I just read, I read one of my keepers. I reread um, Stephanie Lauren's A Secret Love. Oh, yeah, oh, it's a you know, fabulous in fact, book. In fact, I saw that on your
4: Barnes & Noble yeah. recommended read list and I thought, I've got to reread that, that book. That is
3: such a fabulous book. Gabriel, Why do you love yeah. it? It's just so emotionally intense. And, and at the same time, they're friends. Yeah. So they know each other so well. Um, but my favorite scene is the scene in the middle of the ballroom when he figures it out.
4: When he's smelling her.
3: Yeah. I and love he, that scene. Yeah, and he goes and he, he but he gets so angry, and he just he just gets so angry at her, and then from there on, it's like that's for me. That's where it really kicks into like full gear because it's like now he knows who she is because before he didn't quite know who this person was, uh-huh. and oh, it's just it's. Amazing! I just, I still get that sigh when I think about it. When I reread it, I was like,
2: oh, "Good, good book." Noise is the is, best. It
3: is. It was actually, I um, I picked it up in a store, not knowing it was part of a series, and I actually read it completely. I read it you out outside of, of auto, the series, outside of the series, and then of course I went had to go back of and course. get every single one of the books. But it is still my favorite of the Sinster books. It is still my absolute my,
2: favorite. My favorite of the Sinisters is always Devil's Bride. Yeah, always. I that, think for a lot of people, it's, it's the amazing. favorite. Yeah. Well. When Jane and I were doing a podcast, we talked about the romance canon. Like, yep. what are the books that really define each subgenre? And one of the things that Jane said about Devil's Bride was it was the one of the earliest books that she experienced where the hero pursued the heroine. And yes. that she was not interested yes. in being in a relationship or getting married or anything, she wanted to go and do her own thing. Yeah. And he pursued her, which was not the normal yeah. course of, of, of romance at that time. Mm. And I love it for a completely different reason. I love it because Honoria is good at making a home. Yes, And I've realized this is like a theme in all the books I love best. Like I love there's one, Nora Roberts, where the heroine is an innkeeper and she makes a home. And I love that the heroine in Devil's Bride is knows how to run an estate it's not an easy job and that there's mm. appreciation for the fact yes. that she knows how to do this thing and there's all these heroines in romance who just sort of walk into a 65 bedroom house they're like oh no problem i can do this no you can't <laughs> oh shut up you 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 were just sewing socks you don't yeah. know anything about running a giant estate and it is,
3: she's very capable yes she's, she's very capable and that's that that's a cool thing to see in a heroine yes yeah. and she's
2: capable in a very specific sphere mm-hmm. yes. that has to do with women and there's so many scenes in that book. Where the women are talking, and, and, and every time they're doing just one little thing to undermine the men. <laughs> Whether they're plotting to have a party and making them all go, or they're planning to just you know pick up and move to London to follow them where, the, where all the guys are going. All of the women are very sneaky about how they're going to get under the guy's skin just a little bit. I, and yet they're still very aware of the, the sphere where, which, in mm. which in they operate. And and the heroine's really trying to break out of that sphere while also having to acknowledge that she's really good at these things that are a skill that are valuable. Yeah, there is a respect
3: there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And he respects that she has those skills. That's why yes. he wants her. Yes. Like, yes.
2: And yeah. it's not like you'd make a good ju- duchess because she's good looking and you'd, yeah. you know you'd like wear the gown nicely. She actually would be good at leading things.
3: Yes, she would be a good duchess. Yes, yes. she
2: would actually be a good leader. Yeah. which you know nobody really expects the, the leadership skills of the aristocracy in Regency romance yeah. to be a, like a line item on their resume, but it totally is. It they is, do have to have true. some sort of leadership skill. Uh,
3: uh, you know, a good duke. You know, he's got so much control and like. And there's uh, a lot
2: he, of dukes I in think romance. A lot, like,
3: exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and how come they never run into each other at the balls?
2: Ever! And they then, don't know each other. Yeah. It's like, in romance, we all know each other. Like, at this point, everyone is sort of separated from friendship by about two to three degrees. Yeah, exactly. But none of the Dukes know each other. <laughs> not mean, at all. <laughs> you know,
3: I think of I think of the Regencies that we read as kind of like, it is kind of a, um, it's a created world. Yes. Right? It's not the reality. No. It is, it is how we imagine it to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's one kind of Regency um, and then there's another kind of regency, and sometimes they don't overlap. No, at all. they're very different. Very different, yeah. And I
2: also love when modern sensibilities sneak into historical romance. Like I there was, do like
3: it. <laughs> there was a
2: Maya Banks trilogy of Scottish romances, and I don't remember the name of the first one, but the very first one I remember reading it and loving it because yeah. the action is just rotten it's one great. after another. It's great, but like those were the cleanest Scots people ever. <laughs> they bathed hourly. Every chapter, somebody was having a bath. And I was like, okay, I know this is not real. I know this but is not life, realistic, they're but clean. they're clean. They smell awesome. <laughs> they're all they're all fresh. Yeah. They use Irish spring. Irish. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. They all smell great.
3: They do. I mean, well, you wouldn't. I mean, it's like the thing of you never hear about heroin shaving their legs.
2: No, and they're always hairless yeah. anyway. Like yeah, magical heroin Sometimes wax.
3: They include the
4: shaving scene and the.
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, UnitedHealthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
4: Romance. for, And I'm not talking about that type of shaving. <laughs> Although, I've actually read that as well. Shaving the down there? Yeah, as a part of an intimate
2: act between a man and a woman. Uh-uh. I'm sorry, that's a level of trust I do not have. <laughs> well, that, then... You've never read that? He's shaving her down there?
3: You've never read I think she's She's been sheltered. You guys haven't.
4: What book is this where someone's shaving somebody (laughs) else's hood, Manny. I've been. I've read it more than once. I have too. It's a very intimate, loving scene. Susan Johnson uses it in Forbidden because they Uh. go to the boat. Um, of course she did,
2: because Susan Johnson wrote like all of the original. She Olympics, she's, the, so. she's the she's the she's like the queen, and, and she's she, the and queen he mother of erotica her with the oil, the hot oil, and straight I'm really you've never I anything. have well, I have not encountered Hoot any shaving. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I have not experienced the hey nanner nanner bald, baldinating. Yeah, no. So, what books? Do you really want to read next? Are there books that you have scheduled that Do you really I want
3: to really read? Do really want to read next? Oh, um. Do you want some
2: recommendations?
3: <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I got some recommendations um, the other night, but um, you know, I'm, I guess I'm like most readers. I'm kind of moody. Like whatever, I, whatever I'm in the mood for, I, that's what I'll go looking for. And I quite like having a big TBR pile because I'll then I'll just go and pick up whatever I want, you know, yep. and, and read. Um,
2: and there's something for every mood stuck in there. Exactly, yes. exactly. You can, um,
3: and so, like, recently, actually, one book I didn't mention was, um, I was reading and really enjoying was um, the one about Yemen, um, salmon fishing in the, in salmon the Yemen. Salmon fishing in the Yemen? It's yeah. about to be a movie. Yeah, yeah. It looks
2: like total, like, desert porn. It is. It's it just is a gorgeous. Ve-
3: I haven't seen, actually haven't seen the trailers for the movie, but I read this book and it's completely different from anything else I read. And um, I read it because someone gave it to me and I thought, this is fabulous and it's it's one of those books where you're reading along and you're like, oh. why is this so amazing? But it is. It's just so different and it's kind of quirky. Um, Does it have
2: a happy ending?
3: Well, I haven't reached. I haven't actually oh, reached the ending. I, had the to, ending I, um, I, I left it at home one. and I've got like a chapter to go, I think. So, yeah. So, we shall see. But um, what else is next? Oh, actually, I'm, um, I'm going to read Anne Gracie's. It's the last book in the perfect series, like the perfect waltz. I just where? reread The Perfect Waltz on the Plane. It's right. a beautiful book, loved it um, the second time as well. And then I've got the. I actually haven't read Grace's book because I've been saving it because I kind of inhaled the other four and right. then I was like, no, no, I must save this book. So <laughs> it's going to be my plain, plain home book. The the M. Gracie and um and yeah, and I've I've actually had some recommendations for good contemporaries. So yes. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look those up
2: because we were talking about that that mm. you like contemporaries that aren't suspense, the contemporaries I do. that are relationship just books, relationships, yeah. And emotions, yeah.
3: So like that so I read Julie James and I've really enjoyed her, her all her books and the most recent as well. And um you know, I read the super romances. Mm-hmm. Um um Karina Bliss is, is a good friend of mine, but I don't say I like her books just for that. I mean I love her books. Oh, she's she's, good. she's such a good writer and Is I she always a Kiwi read her, or an Aussie? She's a Kiwi. She's a Kiwi. Oh, the Aussies always try and steal all the nice good Kiwis, but no, she's a she's a New Zealand. Yeah, I I, 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 I Australian <laughs> told me that the
2: Kiwis can get a little sneaky <laughs> yeah. if you try to claim them for the wrong side.
3: No, it's it's a bit of a joke. You know? <laughs> I so, know. Yeah. Yeah. But um no, I love her stuff and I actually read um a lot of super romances just for that reason because they're they're contemporaries and they're they're often straight relationship books. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the family aspect as well, which I quite like. I like the family. And I mean, like with the historicals, I love um, Julia Quinn's, you know, the, the Bridgertons. Yes. And, um, and you know, I'm reading the Anne Graces and they've also got a family yes. connection. So I love all of that. And yeah. Um, and with contemporaries too, you know. So, um, and I'm reading, um, oh, I'm waiting for Nora Roberts' next in book, the Boonesboro. Oh, the
2: In-Bins- In Boonesboro yeah, 2. Yeah, did yeah. you read In Boonesboro 1? I
3: did read number 1. What did you think? I thought it was great.
2: Really? Yes. Have you stayed at the inn?
3: No, I have not stayed at the inn. You have
2: stayed at the inn. Really? I have.
3: Yeah? Is it actually,
2: amazing? I actually stayed in the haunted room, <laughs> and the ghost woke me up, and I was completely <gasps> really? freaked out. Yes, oh it completely freaked me out. Well, I'll tell you, the first night I was there, it was in the, the Elizabeth and Darcy room is the room that's allegedly haunted, and the innkeeper said something about, yeah, we've told the ghost you were coming, and you know, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'm fine. You know? So in the middle of the late night, like really early in the morning, my phone starts dialing, Like, my my phone is dialing a number, and then I hear this, your call cannot be completed as dialed, and then it would go dead, and then it would start dialing again. And I was like, what the hell? Now my phone doesn't work? Crap, fine, I'll get up. And I got up, and I went downstairs to breakfast, and I ended up meeting these really nice women, and I spent most of the weekend I was there with them. So it was nice that I woke up. Yeah. But I kept thinking, that's really weird. And when I went back through my call history there were no calls. I couldn't... I was like, was my phone trying to auto dial? Was it voice activated? What was going on? So I went to look at my phone and there was no evidence of those calls. Wow! And I was like, all right, now I've got goosebumps. Okay, crap. And I went down to um, the innkeeper and, and two of her friends and I'm like, so, my room, the one that's haunted, and they were like, yes. I'm like, okay. Does the ghost like technology? Yes. Oh, great. Okay, so I won't leave my laptop unattended in the room now.
3: Wow. Yes. That's like...
2: That's a cool story. It was really freaking me out for a while, and then I was like, okay, I can check out. Suddenly she followed me home. <laughs> She's not here, and I'm not really like easily. If you tell me something creeped you out, I totally believe you. Yeah. But I don't believe like you know, there's like ghosts just packing. Yeah, 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 I don't believe the space between you and me and Jane is like packed with dead people. They're like hanging out all the time. But that was a definitely weird experience that gave me the ghiblies. Like I still, like my, my arms are my arms are all prickly now. <laughs> I've got the Ghiblis. I love that word, the
3: Ghiblis. The Ghiblis, I, yeah. I, I, I never heard it until last night. I was like, what was that? Is that, is that like is that like the heebie-jeebies? Yes, <laughs> very much.
2: <laughs> I'm going
3: to use it now, the Ghiblis. The Ghiblis. The Ghiblis, yeah.
2: So, so is that the question you get most often? Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? Yes. Yes.
3: That question and...
2: This could be a great charity auction. <laughs> One mm-hmm. person out Yeah. And just have them sign a non disclosure <laughs> and then just they get to know. They get to know. And sell it for the highest bidder. Well,
4: Nalini says that she links to my post about Caleb and my assertions about Caleb quite frequently. Mm. I just wanna put that out there. Well, out you there, know, huh?
3: I just link to that when people ask about Caleb. I'm like, you know what? Go read Jane's post. It's very comprehensive. It's There's no linking going on there between the two
2: concepts. So you say. So you say. So
3: I say. So I say.
2: If it turns out perhaps that Jane is right, there will be no living with her. (laughs) 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 We will hear about how she was right. She wrote this post. If you've not seen it, it's amazing. It is the most well cited, intricately linked. It's Every like a legal, single. Legal brief. It's my legal yes. brief. it is a legal brief argument that Caleb is a ghost. Yes. And and honestly, I have citations too. you know, like the little doubles s. She's got that. Oh yeah, sections.
3: You know the funny thing talking about the ghost is that I have to shut myself up because I am so scared. I will just you will accidentally I will give just it away. Up. I will just blurt it out.
2: Oh, I can totally understand. That's a really big secret to keep, especially <laughs> when so many people want to know. Yeah, yeah. Every second question. <laughs> So have you, is there anyone else who knows other than you, like your mom or your sister? Do you have a pet? Did you tell the three pet?
3: People know. Three, three people No, Three people know. know. So who is it? I'm not going to tell you because there's three people. The ghost is counted. one of them. So the ghost is one of them.
2: So that's two. Two people know. It's like you and your, your cat, right? You told your cat.
3: And the wall. You yeah. Know?
2: And so under the cat's water dish is just who it is. We have to just break into our house, steal the Bible, and grab the cat.
3: Yeah, they've been sworn to absolute secrecy. and and
2: So three people know. Mm-hmm. And no one is talking. Yeah. That's a really big secret to keep.
3: Yeah, that's why I three people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when do
2: we get to know? When do we get to find not, out? No, not
3: actually, I said this in, in the panel I was just on. I said, you know what? It's a really hard secret to keep, so I'm not going to be keeping
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get ghost indigestion, people. I need to write this book before I just can't breathe and eat. Yeah,
3: no, um, you know, this series has always had a very structured, Um, I say structured, but, you know, I'm not a plotter, but I've always had that. I've known that, that end, so to speak, or the end of this arc. And, um, so it's not going to be a case of drawing it out for ages because I don't know what I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going, and um, and I think you know things are really coming into place, and and so yeah, two or three books we're going to reach that that uh, point, the original you know end of the arc that I envisioned. So yeah, so it won't be too much longer, and I have to stop talking now.
4: Okay, I because have, a, I, have
2: <laughs> a, I have a related question. Well, no, Wait, no,
4: before we move on, so. What's uh not much longer mean? One month, two months,
2: three months. <laughs> you know, Tomorrow, you know over to, dinner if we you know get a to Sleep,
3: right? I have to sleep and, and um stuff. She's giving me the stare. I stopped her, she's looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> Problem
2: with not
3: doing this over Skype. <laughs> yeah, she's giving, it's, okay, for she those should. of you who are listening to this podcast, it's like the, the stir of death. It's Jane's stir of death. She's looking <laughs> at me. I have to look away. I <laughs> sure she's not lying. It's intense. <laughs> oh my God.
4: But going back to the time period, so your next Counselor. book comes out in uh, next month, correct?
3: Yeah, Tangle of Knee. And mm-hmm. How long
4: after Tangled of Need will you reveal the secret of the Objections. No, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> I will reveal it when it is time.
2: a Grasshopper. <laughs> oh, that's about as good as when I say so.
4: Will you be revealing it before the uh, next Angel book comes out? In September? Yes. No. So you, the so your time frame of short? is greater than six months.
3: <laughs> it is, it is, it is. But if you in the context of the series, which has been running five years, you know, six months is not that long.
2: Yeah, for you it's not. <laughs> Apparently for Jane, it's quite a long time. I well,
4: you're <laughs> going to keep your secret until the book is released in ARC form and you can't keep it any longer.
2: Oh, it is on like Donkey
4: Kong. <laughs> I have heard that... Uh, that the the ending to Charlene Harris's series is known to her assistant. Yeah. Is there uh, someone who would know the ending to your series? Should you be hit by a car tomorrow? Should
2: we stuff you under the bed of this
4: Ooh,
3: hotel room and not let you out? Actually, that's a question I actually think about. I'm like, what if? What if something I mean, happens? Ha- happens yeah. to me, you know. I don't want people to never know all the answers. So there is nobody who knows, but there is a file on my computer which you cannot hack because it's not connected to the internet. Um, she just thinks of everything. <laughs> Would you listen to her? Yeah, that's kind of hard. That is kind of hardcore. Yeah. Um, and um, actually, it's not connected to the internet, so I can't play on the internet. That's yeah. why. It's it's my work um, station. But um, there is a file that my sister knows um, that she can retrieve. And it's got, like, the basic – it's just answers to questions, basically. Yeah. Um, And it's not in any kind of good format or something. It's just basically my notes. Right. Um, So if anything does happen, you know. God forbid. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm knocking on wood, people. But so, it wouldn't
3: you know. be satisfying, would it? Just having the
2: answers. It's like, well, you know. No, it's much more fun to sort of discover yeah, slowly, especially yeah. with your style of writing, which which Angie was talking about earlier, where you leave clues to something and then you get to the end and you see what much more clarity yeah. what you were doing all along. It would be no fun to be told, and this is what happens, and this is what happens. But yeah. it's good to know that it's the answer there, is yeah. out there somewhere.
3: I actually thought about writing like the final book, yeah, just writing that and then um, not obviously not putting it out, oh, but just gosh, having that would it be
2: so hard. To but keep I thought as a secret.
3: And then I thought, no, I can't because the the story is a progression. And so with each book, characters change and develop and stuff. And then... There's a chronology. It it, it won't be the same book, you know? Yeah. So So, let's just just all hope I'm just around to write it.
2: (laughs) Okay. So I have... Two questions about the side changing, like, and if you do not want to answer them because they're too close to something else, totally cool. Okay. I won't stare at you scarily. <laughs> yeah, I don't have she, that power. She will, she will do it
3: for you. She'll yes.
2: St- <laughs> she'll give me the, the, she'll give you the, I'll just kick her and she'll give you the death stare. In some of the books, the, the net mind communicates yes. with people. Mm-hmm. Net mind going to have romance? <laughs> so like oh, a I think <laughs> that. Are going to have net mind nookie? <laughs> Um, you know, Somebody's get... gonna shave the net mind's pew, I... so. <laughs> 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 Okay, I'm I just gonna throw him in this corner. The net mind is like a child. I you probably know, just made you. I just made you so skeeved out. Oh, oh sorry. No,
3: there is no romance there. <laughs> All
4: right, that's fine. Oh, I have to make a note of this. <laughs> the net mind, mind is a child i this to yeah. my compendium.
3: <laughs> you know what? If I ever do a compendium, I know who I'm going to hire.
2: Yeah. You know? She'll do all the cross-citation for you in, like, two seconds. <laughs> She's actually writing it down. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, the net mind is, as you said, it's like a, a child. It is a... I, who I mean, is it that was speaking to... it? More than one faith, character...
3: Faith, faith speaks to it. But
2: faith, and there's another character that can well, speak Caleb to it. Well,
3: Caleb can speak to right. it. Right. Yeah. So they, they are
2: aware and they can communicate with yeah. it. It's sort of like a medium, like giving up symbols. Yeah.
3: It's it's just uh I guess their minds, you know, as it says in the series that um TKs, the telekinetics and yeah. the um have have uh are more able to hear. Yes. You know, so um uh, another note is being made. Oh yeah. Oh, this is actually in the books. Yeah. Um, so so you know, it's, I, I sort of think their minds are more attuned yes. perhaps to that wavelength. Yes. That, that it are. is a lot
2: like a medium. Yeah.
3: So they can um and you know, the net mind is a child, but in terms of the psychic network, it's a child. So that doesn't mean it's a child in our sense. Like, it has a lot of knowledge and a lot of. But it doesn't have a deeper motivation. It has yes, a very
2: pure sense of moral because and motivation.
3: It's because it's been split. Yes, because there's the, two there's a there's light and a dark. Of them. And, um, and so, so it's like
2: duct tape. It, it has is, a light and a dark is, side.
3: Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderfully romantic.
2: Duct tape? Yeah, oh, duct really, tape. It's,
3: yeah. I used to have a calendar, and it was like hundred ways, 100, 365 ways to use duct tape.
2: And that was the inspiration for the net That's right. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever been asked this question before. What was your point of access for this series? What was the point of origin where you where you started to think about the series was it the characters was it the net mind? was it the idea of the psychic universe it worked, was it the yeah. three classes i mean what was your point of access into this there world there's a
3: lot of things that fit into it yeah but because i was playing with the ideas i have another manuscript that's never seen the light of day and never will um <laughs> yet another
2: reason to break into nobody's house <laughs> that, we're all going to new zealand and we're going to burgle
3: <laughs> but you know it had some of the ideas but it wasn't quite right you know yeah. it wasn't I can feel it when it when it's right. Like I I felt it with my very first published book. Yeah. And um. But it was really. And then one day I remember, I remember actually sitting in my apartment in Japan, looking out the balcony doors at the um. I used to have a kindergarten next door, so I was looking out at this kindergarten. It was like a Sunday, I think, because there's no kids in my memory. And um, I was thinking about telepathy and all that stuff because I'm really interested in all that stuff. I'm interested right, in what we. Do with our minds, and whether we are using all of it, because you know people say we're only using like ten percent or yeah. whatever. And I thought, what if we could have psychic bodies? You know, right. What if? It, I mean, I thought, well, you know, that'd be pretty awesome because we could, yeah, could do all kinds of things. And then after a while, I started thinking, but well, what would be the cost? What if it drove you insane? You know, what would it? What would you do to survive? And that's really the core idea um, that it sort of came
2: from. Right.
3: And then yeah, just went from there. That's cool. Yeah. So And then I just started writing, literally, you know. I've told this story like a hundred times, basically. You my my three-week jag, you know, of writing. You and just started writing. Right. Just started writing and eating peanut butter toast and that was it.
2: Fairy sandwiches? No, just peanut butter just toast. Just peanut butter toast.
3: Peanut butter toast. All right, wrap it up, girls. Wrap it up. We have, All to, right, go we have to go
2: have dinner. Where We're, we're going to go and get Nalini drunk <laughs> and try to prime more details. J- Jane is bringing her notes and a pen. I just saw her carry them across the room. Thank you Rest very much. Fun. This was really, really fun. Thank you for putting up with Thank me. Thank you for you. that.
3: That was a great interview.
2: that's all for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Nalini. I've listened to it several times while editing, and I still think it's really fun, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to give us some feedback, or perhaps ask us questions for um, the next time we tie Nalini to a chair, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us at 1201 371 3272. That's a US phone number, so don't get crazy with the international long distance. Unless you're calling from Greenland, because if you're calling from Greenland, I will totally pay you back. The music is from Sassy Outwater. This is a performance piece that she did just for us called Fiddler on the Loose. All of the music that you hear that we feature in the podcast is provided by Sassy, and you can follow her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. You can follow me on Twitter at SmartBitches, and you can follow Jane at Jane underscore L. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and our interview, and as always, we wish you the very best of reading.